Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for this explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Today is Tuesday, January 26th, 2010, or 2010, or whatever the heck you want to call it. I've heard everything, so let's just call it what it is. All right. Well, this is episode number 47 of Timberwolves Explosion. Creeping right up on that big 5-0. It's, it's coming, believe it or not. Well, Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's also available on TimberwolvesPress.com as well, which is talking Timberwolves basketball since 2007. All right, well, and I also apologize for the inactivity on that site of late. It's because I was a little, just a little busy with Purple Mafia, my Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yeah, but now that season's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of New Orleans, the Wolves play New Orleans, and that was a heartbreaker as well. We'll get into that very soon. Other than, uh, yeah, Channel 45 kind of screwed that up for us, too, a little bit. Yeah, that was fun. We didn't actually get to see the ending. We saw the replay of the ending. That's bogus. Wonderful. Just uh, really, really nice indeed. Um, Now, I don't hate Channel 45 or anything, but that was bad. That was bad. Um, No, I... I'm sorry, that was not good, and I'm sure a lot of you Wolves fans that are left out there were not too happy either. So, yeah, we got three games to review today. Three games to review. All losses. All losses. Two of them were at the buzzer. Oklahoma City Thunder, and, uh, well, maybe not at the buzzer with Oklahoma City, but you get the idea. It was still, a, well, basically it was at the buzzer. The Wolves just couldn't get it done. They couldn't make a shot. They failed uh, at the buzzer on their attempt, and, of course, gave up just a Bull crap play by the New Orleans Hornets for the second time in a row at the at the Target Center. This time, of course, being James Posey. And speaking of bull crap, yeah, the Wolves lose by 33 in Milwaukee. 33. Yeah, the Bucks were playing good earlier in the year. Lately, they've been horrible. Yet the Wolves lose by 33. A very Golden State-like performance by the Minnesota Timberwolves, giving up 127 points in regulation. Oh. Come on, man. Stupendous. Absolutely stupendous, isn't it? Um, and no, I know, again, I'm going to say this. I'm going to have to say it again and again and again, I'm sure, till people understand that I'm not coming over here and beating a dead horse, beating on a team that's trying to rebuild, and it's not about wins and losses. Of course it's not about wins and losses. But the failure, <laughs> but the ridiculous failure to... I mean ridiculous failure to finish late in a close game against teams that aren't that good. I mean, no, yeah, the Hornets and uh, Oklahoma City are okay, but still, when the game is is in your hands, you you, you got to be able to finish them at least once in a while. I mean, my goodness, how many times have the Wolves lost on a last pl- on the last play of the game this year and in pathetic fashion? Missed free throws by Moran, by Moran, yeah, Moran Sessions. I might as well just call him that. Moron Sessions. There you go. Hey, creativity in the house. All because I said his name backwards. Yeah, Moron Sessions. Um, missing free throws at the at the end when the Wolves needed to tie up the game or possibly take the lead. In most cases, tie the game. Uh, just feeble efforts attempting to drive the lane and, and score. Even more feeble efforts, yeah, attempting a three-pointer and bad defensive plays. Really, really bad defensive plays. And yeah, again, it's not about wins and losses or about uh, just 
or about being a bunch of geniuses out there that, that can do anything. But at the same time, my goodness, it's like the same thing over and over and over again, running the clock down too late, and then, oh, crap, we got to rush a shot at the last second. Or the opposite, there's three seconds left on the clock, and we jack up a three before you, the ball's back, the ball, you even have good uh, handle on the ball. You can't shoot a ball when it's just literally landing in your, when you're literally receiving it and you just fling it up in the air from like a wild position. That's what Johnny Flynn did in the Oklahoma City game at the Target Center, which we'll get to now. Yeah, it might be convenient if we got to it now. One thing I noticed though too, look at the attendance level for the Oklahoma City Thunder at 12,995, right? So remember that number. The attendance for the New Orleans Hornets, just a few days later, I understand it's a Friday game, but still, 17,000, it's just, that, that that's a big difference. I understand it's a Friday game, and I guess that's probably why, but still, Oklahoma City, I would almost rather see them than the New Orleans Hornets, wouldn't you? They're pretty exciting. So, I don't know, I guess it's because it's Friday. Other than that, mm, I'm not sure. Also, Kevin Love, not healthy, still sick at this point in time. And by the way, Orlando Tucker, still not seeing the light of day in the Timberwolves jersey. Not seeing the light of day. Um, very frustrating. Other than that, though, this is when Johnny Flynn begins a, begins a stretch of some pretty good uh, football. I almost said football. Yeah, imagine why I'd say that, right? Ugh, i got to stop thinking about that. It's just... It's just embedded in my mind. And, yeah, you better check out Purple Mafia, my Minnesota Viking podcast, sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Pretty emotional. Pretty damn emotional. Um, but, yeah, Johnny Flynn and Corey Brewer, right about this point, really, yeah, literally in this game, did they, they played pretty darn well. They played pretty darn well. Now, Flynn, the shooting was not there, but, but he finally, uh, and no, this isn't the first time he's done it, but this is where you kind of see more of a urgency to do this. Make up for it by being a point guard, getting uh, getting players involved, making plays for other players, and he did a pretty good job of it. Eight assists for Johnny Flynn. Six also for Corey Brewer, who had five rebounds and, of course, 25 points. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Brewer is starting to hit from the outside, and it's uh, it's it's starting to look pretty good, actually. And both of those three-pointers were nice, quick passes by Johnny Flynn to an open Corey Brewer, who hit him? He was two of four from three in this particular game, um, but yeah, Brewer is hitting his shots of late, and he's shooting about forty-five percent from three-point range this month. Corey Brewer, I'm very, 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 very impressed. Before that, Corey Brewer is about 20, 16 twenty percent from three-point range throughout his career. Just eh, every now and then, one might just bounce in. No, he's he's really been working on that three-point shot, and it's starting to show. And uh, that's really good. That's really good news. Because what do you need out of a shooting guard? Not every single shooting guard in the history of the world is going to be a great three-point shooter, that's for sure. And Corey Brewer is more of a slasher than he is a shooter. But if he can be consistent from three-point range, consistently maybe 35 40%, we'll say. I mean, not 45 Come on, dream on. That's not going to last forever. But if he can be consistent and hit those shots, you got something, folks. You you got something because if he can, because he can slash, he's an awesome defender, taking away that passing lane, which he did unbelievably in this game. Kept the Wolves alive throughout the whole game. This was a very, very back and forth close game, and it got the Wolves on a run down the stretch. And uh, it, it was a good job. 
Good job by Corey Brewer. Unfortunately, until the very end, when Corey fouled Kevin Durant, just a really dumb foul on Kevin Durant. With about five, four seconds left, the game was tied. Durant got his two free throws. Of course, he's going to make them. And that's what set up the Johnny Flynn play. Inbounds to Johnny Flynn. He's about, shoot, about three or four feet behind the three-point arc with about four seconds left in the game, and he just flings it. He just flings it. He didn't set himself at all. He just flung it up like, oh, my God, there's a half second left in the game, so i got to fling it. There's plenty of time to set up that shot and get, and get a better look than he got. Um, that was disappointing. That was very disappointing. The ball barely grazed the rim. For some odd reason, the notes here to say that, uh, and they're not my notes. The, these, this one's from Yahoo anyway. They're saying that Johnny Flynn had a barely had barely missed the shot. Just off the mark? No, it was not just off the mark. Not even close. Uh, Jefferson also missed a tough jumper late. Yeah, Ramon Sessions did get a steal late, but yeah, Johnny Flynn did not. That shot was not close. I don't know why they're saying it was. Um, the player of the game, though, overall, Corey Brewer was fantastic, other than that dumb foul at the last second. Very, very dumb foul indeed. Um, Johnny Flynn's final quote here, they probably have a great chance of making the playoffs this year in the tough Western Conference. You look at their story and you want to be like that. Exactly. That's exactly right. And at this point in time, Oklahoma City was 24-18. and 18. They're just a... That team is very impressive. Very, very impressive. And, um, yeah, they have a chance to be something over there in Oklahoma City. they got three major pieces, and maybe the fourth one will come around. Of course, Kevin Durant is like a... Kevin Durant's like a baby LeBron, man. He is really becoming something big time. Um, i got to stop saying um so much. That just sounds terrible. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Green is a nice number two or three guy, and Russell Westbrook is on his way to becoming a really good point guard if he can eliminate the turnovers and, you know, improve the field goal percentage. But like Johnny Flynn, yeah, see, Johnny Flynn is finally starting to do this. When he's not shooting well, Russell Westbrook is really racking up the assists and getting uh, getting the ball to other players. Of course, Westbrook has a little more talent to pass the ball to at this point in time. But the Wolves' talent is getting better and better. Corey Brewer, Kevin Love, of course, did not play in this game, but when he does... Of course, Jefferson, yeah, and Wayne Ellington, who keeps getting better and better. Uh, yeah, the uh, Oklahoma City's Wayne Ellington right now is Josh Hart. James Harden, he's by averaging about nine points a game off the bench. i got to think sooner or later they'll give him that other shooting guard spot, the other guard spot, excuse me, alongside Russell Westbrook and uh, move Tabo Cephaloja to the bench. But, yeah, very exciting team, the uh Oklahoma City Thunder. Very, very cool indeed. Would like to see the Wolves become something like that. I sure would. So let's move on very quickly. I also should uh, mention, after I'm done reviewing these three games, of course, I didn't even mention it at the beginning of the show, going to talk some Al Jefferson. Yes, going to talk some Al Jefferson. Yeah, it might have helped if I mentioned that. Just sometimes I just get started and I just, uh, just, just go, and I apologize for that, guys. Yeah, going to talk some Al Jefferson trade talk. It's uh, it's starting to resurface. Nothing is eminent just yet, but uh, folks, gut feeling this guy's gone fairly soon. Fairly soon here. I think a lot of people believe that this guy will not be on this team next season. There's almost no chance. So, yeah, you get the idea. We'll move on to the next game. And by the way, Jefferson has been playing really well of late as well. So now we go to Friday. Oh, goody. 
Friday, the 22nd of January. Now, of course, the previous game was Wednesday, the 20th. This one is another home game against New Orleans, and as mentioned, yeah, 4,000 more people show up for this one. Chris Paul was his usual self, other than he turned the ball over a little more than you might expect with four turnovers. Uh, pretty good game, though, overall for him. Darius Ngaila, the uh, guy who was a wolf for a cup of coffee in the summertime. Uh, Johnny Flynn looking solid in this game. He was hitting his shots. The assist just flat disappeared, though, unfortunately. 9-13 from the floor. He was uh, matching up pretty good against Chris Paul, and uh, he talks about how stepping up against Chris Paul is something, you know, it, playing against Chris Paul really makes him step up. It really does. And uh, it, it was very impressive indeed the way uh, Flynn played uh, in, in that sense. But again, no real assists. So the Wolves hung with the, the Hornets the entire game. It was a close game all the way, almost virtually identical to the... <laughs> Oklahoma City game. It was virtually identical. Now, Corey Brewer wasn't quite as on fire, but he. But then again, yes, he was. Three of six from three-point range. Three of six from three-point range from Corey Brewer, and he got three blocks. The points just weren't there. Didn't get any free throws, and he only attempted 11 shots. But, uh, yeah, Corey Brewer, again, becoming more and more of a factor. Of course, lost a significant amount of playing time due to foul trouble. And for some odd reason, uh, Kurt Rambis was more comfortable with Ramon Sessions in the game instead of Johnny Flynn. Not really sure why, as they both got about 25 minutes a game. Or in, in this game, Flynn got a couple more seconds, that's about it. Both of them shot well, over 50% from the floor. Um, not bad. Kevin Love returning and did very well in a very limited time with 9 rebound, 13-point performance. Definitely provided the energy you expect from Kevin Love, and uh, much, much missed... Uh, the much-needed rebounding returning into the lineup is, of course, Jefferson, the only other guy who can really rebound on this team. He had a huge game, a 25-13 game, but five turnovers, unfortunately, you go to go along with that, but two blocks and two steals. Jefferson was kind of everywhere in this game. Uh, also, I'll mention that uh, West, of course, that being David West, hurt his ankle in this game, and uh, yeah, yeah, he was pretty good in a small amount of time he got to play, but yeah, he hurt his ankle, hit his free throw, and just uh, free throws and didn't return. Only 11, only about 12 minutes in the game. So there you go. David West out for the time being with an ankle injury. Darius Ngaila, though, now as the game was really close, made a dumb play. And that gave the Wolves a chance to tie this thing up, and the Wolves were very happy about that. We appreciate it. But now here we go. Here we go. Mmm. As the undercard in the New Orleans, Minnesota Sports Weekend took place at Target Center on that Friday night, James Posey borrowed a move from Saints quarterback Drew Brees to get the Big Easy off to the right foot. Mm. Oh, bad memory, huh? Yeah, because this, this, this game was a bad memory, but the other one is even worse. Um, yeah. Posey, James Posey scored on a driving layup at the buzzer for the second straight game. Because of course, this time he was lifting the Hornets over the Wolves. The Hornets did the same exact play. The same exact play against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's like, isn't anybody going to learn? Because this is the second time the Wolves have had this done to them. Last time it was Chris Paul. Unbelievable. This time it was Paul to Posey. It's just like, jeez. Yeah, because this is what happened with the score tied to 3.5 seconds to play. Posey took the inbound pass from Chris Paul. Faked a handoff to the dazzling point guard and spun past. Yeah, there was a fake. It was a fake to Chris Paul, everybody 
bought into it because, oh my God, Chris Paul's the only guy on this team that can score. Oh, well, anybody can score when it's a wide-open layup, right? And that's what happened. The only problem is, yeah, the viewing audience didn't really get to see it until the replay because, for some odd reason, Channel 45 accidentally cut to commercial and we didn't see the play happen live. Spectacular. So, yeah, two bad things happened at the same time. Very, very bunch of crap right there. Very big bunch of crap right there. And again, thank you again for that, Channel 45, and thank you, Wolves Defense, for buying in to that play. Oh, my God! Not a good night for the Wolves, and unfortunately, God forbid, that became a harbinger of what was to come with the Minnesota Vikings. Just not quite as, uh, not quite as devastating, I guess you could say, but still a really dumb, uh, dumb loss for the Wolves. They didn't fumble the ball, but it was bad defense. Very, just, they just got fooled. Badly. And speaking of bad defense, we get to the final game here, and we get to it quickly, and I mean really quickly. Saturday, and of course, this is a back-to-back game. Minnesota Timberwolves losing 127-94, to a 33-point loss in Milwaukee. Very, very disgusting performance overall. Flynn had a good game with 20 points, but Flynn and Brewer continue to look pretty good, and Brewer again, 50% from three-point range, 2 of 4. Unbelievable. Corey Brewer just hitting threes like like nobody's business. Kevin Love returning to the front line had another double-double, but uh, the energy was not in the building for the Timberwolves, and defensively they were horrendous, and I mean horrendous. And Brandon Jennings, who has definitely uh, quieted a bit since his insane start earlier in the year, did have 13 assists in the game to go along with three steals and 18 points. But Carlos Delfino was the story offensively. Good Lord, Carlos Delfino. Carlos freaking Delfino. Where did this come from? <laughs> it's like, what the heck? 9 of 11, and this one was not an inside job. Uh, 4 of 6 from 3-point range, 24 points, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds. Carlos Delfino. Carlos freaking Delfino. He's, he's not that good, folks. And uh, it's just, I hate when that kind of play, I hate when that happens. I really do. I hate to see role players go off and just destroy you. It's pretty embarrassing, and uh, oh, that's one of the main. That's one of the many reasons the Wolves lost this game and by such a ugly amount. Just a despicable performance. Kurt Rambis weighs in. Our guys, our guys weren't able to sustain the energy, focus, and intensity, particular after coming off tough losses. Wolves coach Kurt Rambis said, "They have a difficult time being able to muster up the energy." Whenever you play against a guy, that's almost like playing. It's like yeah, Chris Paul, Dron Williams. Or yeah, Flynn. Flynn jumps in here. He's talking about uh, whenever he plays against point guards like that. Flynn said, "Guys that are so good and so crafty with the basketball, it makes you go out there and play your best game." As he's talking about, yeah, how those guys wore him out, and also uh, Brandon Jennings. There's another one. Brandon Jennings, a big big piece of things right there. Al Jefferson's final quote here, they jumped out on us and killed our confidence, and that's exactly what happened. The Bucks took the lead early, and they sustained it forever. And, of course, this was the most disgusting part of the whole night. Now, the Wolves lost by about 10 points in each quarter, right? Well, in the fourth quarter, they gave up 42 points to the Milwaukee Bucks. 42 points to the Milwaukee Bucks. I just, uh, wow, that's... Despicable. 
totally despicable. And uh, guess what, folks? We're done reviewing that game because <laughs> there's no sense in piling on. It was just a very bad game. And luckily the Wolves get some rest and play the New York Knicks tonight. That's PMAX team. That's PMAX team of the crossover. That will be a lot of fun. Coming up pretty quick here. And, of course, by the time you hear the show, the game might be over by then or you might be listening to it while watching the game. I hope the Wolves can pull this one off. The Knicks have stepped up of late, and they might sneak into the bottom of that Eastern Conference postseason. And it also shows how weak the Eastern Conference is, by the way. <laughs> Whereas here in the West, you might have to win, oh, about 50 games. But would you make it if you won 50 games in the Western Conference? No. <laughs> yeah, that might be a, might be an accurate statement right there by Simon of Subpenny Radio. <laughs> Had to say that. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into that L. Jefferson talk after this. And we're back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 47 of Timberwolves Explosion, which is a reminder for iPod users, Microsoft Zune, and all the other MB3 players out there. So thanks again for joining this blog, courtesy of Jerry Zgoda of the Star Tribune, he talked about how the trade deadline is only 24 days away. This was just a few days ago when I was able to get this up. And of course, get this from him. As Yeah, the trade deadline's coming, and uh, Stoudemire, the Arizona Republic, reported that the Wolves are one of three teams, Golden State, Cleveland, and, <laughs> excuse me, Golden State and Cleveland are the others, according to that newspaper at the particular time, who are calling about Amari Stoudemire's serv- services. And this does serve as a reminder, Stoudemire, as you might recall, was one of the first players David Kahn was believed to have sought in June 2009 after he was hired. And remember, remember, folks, yeah, do you, you remember that? It was going to be Al Jefferson for Stoudemire then. And I was kind of pulling my hair out saying, what would you do that for? And to me, the only reason I could think you'd maybe do that is cap relief. But the problem is, Amari Stoudemire has oh, almost $18 million as a player option. Would he hate us that much that he'd want to give up that much money? Because I don't know if he'd get that much uh, second time around. I'm not sure. M- maybe, maybe not. That, of course, would be for the 2010 and 2011 season. Yes. And of course, that money would be, would be guaranteed if he was uh, going to exercise the option and not uh, opt out. It's funny, though. It's funny how all this is going on. Is uh, There are things that don't make sense about that notion of getting him just as there was that Al Jefferson for Danny Granger rumor. Yeah, the Pacers would never do that one. And that's pretty, and the Pacers didn't want to do it, as they mentioned. But uh, this is getting pretty interesting. Because here's the funny part. Here's the funny part, folks. After practice on this particular day, this was about two days ago or a day ago, can't remember exactly which day, but it was very recently, <laughs> within the last 36 hours or so, after practice, Jefferson and Kahn... Jefferson said Khan has been honest with him. He said Khan assured him he wasn't going to be traded to Indiana. Well, that narrows it down, doesn't it? He's not going to be traded to Indiana. Oh, he emphasized that Khan never told him he wouldn't be traded ever. And Al Jefferson's comment? I know better than that. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, the door is slightly open, and Al Jefferson is pretty much aware that... Uh, yeah, his name's going to be bantered about all over the place, and you just never know. And Jefferson at this point's like, whatever, I'm just going to keep playing. 
as we continue the Al Jefferson conversation. Al Jefferson saying how he's not bothered by uh, the trade rumors. You just don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. Mr. Old Center, Al Jefferson vows he won't do the same quiet nose and noise in these 23 days repeating before the trade deadline. He doesn't need to. Jefferson knows speculation will fly in the next three weeks, even more so near this season's trading deadline. Excuse me. Trading deadline. And, uh, yeah, it's just he's very aware that things are going on. It's all about uh, Granger and possibly Stoudemire. I mean, it was Granger. That's already out the door. Um, But, again, this proves that the whole Danny Granger thing was not smoke and mirrors. That the that the uh, that it was smoke. When there's smoke, there's fire. As Ossie Wolf so well, he, uh, so, excuse me. As awesome Ossie Wolf mentioned so very well right there. As yes, that's exactly what uh, that's exactly what the truth is right there. When there's smoke, there's fire. Jefferson, uh, I just didn't see that coming. Not for Granger, just out of the blue like that. Um, but yeah, you just, is something's going to happen. Something's going to happen most likely in the not too distant future. And of course, Ossie Wolf went as far as to say Jefferson could be gone by the trade deadline. There's almost no, he wouldn't be surprised even one bit. Al Jefferson quoting here. He has been honest with me when he's talking about David Kahn. We both know you can be traded. He doesn't come telling me, Al, we would never trade you. Last conversation I had with him, he told me he wasn't talking about trading me to Indiana. <laughs> to Indiana. But he's not going to make a promise that he'll never trade me because this is how the business is. You just have to understand that it's nothing personal. A GM's got to do what's best for his team. Trading me or anybody else on this team doesn't mean he doesn't like us. I've been in this league long enough to realize if no one else is talking about you or wants to trade for you, that's when you need to be upset because yeah, there's no value if no one give, if no one is talking about you. That means no one gives a damn about you. Yeah, a la Eddie Curry. Oh, another shot at the New York Knicks. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and no, of, of course, why would anybody trade for Eddie Curry? Why would anybody trade for Alexei Petrov or Sasha Petrov or whatever you want to call him? Why would they trade for him? They're not going to trade for him. Now you just hope somebody will trade for Moron Sessions. I mean, Ramon Sessions. Excuse me. Excuse me, Sessions lovers out there. I just I had to throw that in. But, yeah. It's getting pretty interesting. And um, there are going to be a lot of... I have a feeling there's going to be some action coming up here in the not-too-distant future. you got McGrady's expiring contract. Monta Ellis. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you folks. Wouldn't be surprised if Monta Ellis wound up on the Phoenix Suns at some point. Because he's perfect for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Martin's as good as gone at some point in time. Just not sure what's not sure when or where. Interestingly enough, Andre Iguodala is a possibility to be traded somewhere. It's it's getting interesting. It's getting really interesting. You just never know. You never know what could happen. Uh, two players I think that are most likely to not be traded by the Timberwolves anytime superly soon are Johnny Flynn and Kevin Love. I think most of you guys are safe for the time being. Uh, Kevin Love fits in the triangle better than any of them. Ramon Sessions, well, <laughs> he's got skill for the triangle, but the only problem is he can't hit from the outside, 
and he can't even make free throws late in the game, which is like un, which is like a cardinal sin for point guards. Come on, cardinal sin. You got to be able to make free throws, especially late in the game. But in general, sixty percent, that's pretty pathetic. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of weeks here. We're looking at about yeah about three and a half weeks, a little bit less than that now. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. This is the most wonderful time of year for me. I love February, and uh, it's the best time in the NBA when you get all these trade rumors. And of course, what do we also start to look at this time of year, especially fans right now, and it's with a team that's looking at the draft lottery. What do we start looking at closer and closer to right now? The draft. Yeah, it's the draft. As we're gonna monitor that a little bit closer here in the coming weeks. Probably a little bit of early, early, early draft talk next week, as they tend to do that in February every year. A little bit of early draft talk might might be next week, might be the following episode, not exactly sure, but it, it's coming. And um, all I have to say is, John Wall. No, <laughs> Yeah, of course, John Wall. But then again, at the same time, I'm not 100% convinced that he is the absolute clear-cut super-duper star that other people might be saying. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen enough of him quite yet to endorse that at this point in time, but we shall see, as I will be monitoring that as as these weeks move on. I will be monitoring John Wall more and more, along with the others that are looking to be in that top five, because i got a sneaky feeling we're going to be in the top five. Yeah, I think we're going to be in the top five, which is good on one side and bad on the other. <laughs> you get the idea. So, with that, I would like you to please call into the phone lines, Obviously, you won't be on this show now, but I'd like you to call in. Those of you out there, Timberwolves fans out there, possibly with trade talk, possibly with trade ideas. Yeah, come up with some trade ideas. Mention them to me. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. That is the phone line. Mention you were calling in for Timberwolves Press, or excuse me, Timberwolves Explosion. That might be a good idea. And give me some trade ideas. Maybe what you see in the college draft, the guys that maybe give me a little analysis of John Wall or, or Favors or whoever. Just give give me some give me some analysis. Add to the show. You're more than welcome to be a part of this. And also, we would like you to join the SportsStuff.com message boards. There's a button on the front page of the website, the upper right hand corner that says TSS boards. Simply click on that, and after that, you will see a link that says register. Simply do that. And you're on board. We can talk NBA, Minnesota Timberwolves, trade talk, whatever you want, anything you want, interesting stories, funny quotes, whatever. Funny quotes from David Kahn, who says this. Patience sucks. It really does. And, yes, if we're going to trade Al Jefferson, that would definitely prove that. (laughs) Yes. So we are going to call it a day here, and I thank all of you for listening, and we will be back in the not-too-distant future in a week or less. Probably a week, though. All right, take care, everybody. 